providing you with the tools, knowledge, skills, and power to advance your career, grow your business, and build a better future for your community. We are the Tourism Academy. Welcome to Business Class. From Australia to London, chasing the Olympic Games, finding great food and drink, and working to build a culture of inclusion, not only for his organization, but for all of us around the world and travelers alike. Today's guest, Paul Gauger from Visit Britain. On this episode of Business Class, I talk with Katinka Fries from Visit Denmark on living like a local and sharing that local insight with travelers from around the world. Stay tuned. Steve Ekstrom here, host of Business Class, tourismacademy.org podcast. Joining me today, Katinka Fries from Visit Denmark. Uh, joining me from New York City. Yes, exactly. Uh, my Thank former you, home and a city that I love. We did not coordinate our glasses, although we did talk about that already. Welcome to Business Class, Katinka. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. It's a, it's a Friday that we're recording on, so I have a weekend to look forward to. Yeah, it's so nice. So tell me how you ended up coming to work for the for Visit Denmark and, and yeah. into destination marketing in, in, in itself. Um, well, so what I did before going into this field is that I worked with media monitoring for large Danish corporations, universities and the EU. Um, and I was pretty sure that I, I wanted to go down that route. I wanted to work in um, like a big international organization. I wanted something that was very like heavy and bureaucratic, one might say. Um, and when I came to that point in my master's where I needed to find a place to do an internship, I applied for two. Was, I was offered two internships, one with the EU's press office and one with Visit Denmark. And at that point, when I looked at the two different job descriptions and looked at the two different um, roles, I could see that Visit Denmark would definitely be the more fun option. Um, so I'm not saying that I will never go and work in the the, the other type of, of field, but for now, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my choice. This is definitely uh, the fun option. What, what has been most fun about it? I think what makes my job amazing and what makes me so excited to have it is that I get to tell stories all day every day about cool people and cool ideas um, of course they're from Denmark but I mean it's still it's still just telling about all the all the creative takes on on experiences that people come up with uh, and I think that's that's a good part what's been the most creative thing you've seen in the last couple months uh, yeah it's uh, it's hard to choose because it can go in so many different directions. Just this morning, I, I got the news of someone in Denmark putting together a distillery trail. So it would take you around the country via distilleries, which is, of course, a, a fun um, niche, like gastro way of traveling. And I think that's such a nice idea. Um, we have had different um, food markets opening in, in, in around Copenhagen. We've had um, lots of urban farms opening up, creating new ways for people to reconnect with, with their food. Um, oh, and one, one other really fun thing is that GoBoat, which is like a, a boat rental company, has created a system where they can strap in the boats on like wire systems so that they can have open air, socially distant concerts from boats, which I think, again, just yeah. amazing to think of that. That's kind of fun. I'll have to plan that for my next trip. Definitely. Now, <clears throat> what has been 
your favorite travel experience so far? Last year, I got to to spend my summer in a part of Denmark that I didn't know very well, which is uh, one of the um, one of the national parks. And of course, coming to the US, talking about national parks, ours our national parks is in a different different um, level than yours. But I was still really excited to see it and to get to see some of the nature that is very unique. It's called Maltbjerg National Park, which means the mountains of Malts National Park, and it's not mountains. Um, it's just the Danes being like, yes, these are tall hills. We will call them mountains because we don't have any real mountains. Um, but it was still so nice because it's just an amazing difference from living in big cities um, and to get to see something that is very grounding in a way. Um, and and well, yeah, the opposite would be the case for travels outside Denmark is that I love going to big cities. I, I love going to, I used to live in London, now I live in New York, and the travels I've made here have been some of my favorites. Very nice. Now, one of the things that we remember most are the people that we meet when we travel. Yeah. Uh, can you think of one instance when you were traveling, you were just amazed by some of the people that you met? Yeah. Uh, just a few weeks ago, actually, I, I, I traveled around an island called Funin with a group of journalists and we visited um, some vineyards and Denmark is still a very young wine country. So it's really only pioneers. It's, it's really passionate people that decide to, yes, we will open a, a vineyard in, in this country that's very much not the south of France. Um, and we talked to this lovely couple, Ben Dan Carsten, who 20 years ago, when no one did wine, decided to open a, an organic um, vineyard moving towards being becoming biodynamic and just hearing their stories of, um, firstly, because it was a really nice love story. They met in a, a, like a commune in southern Denmark and he wanted to start a vineyard and she was so in love that she said yes. Um, <laughs> and I think that's just so nice. And they're still doing it 20 years after. And she, she told about how, of course, the vineyard has brought them really close together. And also that they were, in the beginning, they were giving a, a kissing bench that's still at the vineyard. And they were told, in order to make this work, you have to sit down on the kissing bench once every day to make sure that you still actually like each other throughout all of this hard work. Oh, that's sweet. Like, such a nice idea. Makes me want to watch a Disney movie tonight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and maybe I'll we'll see if we can have one made on, on best Ben Dan Carsten and, and the vineyard. You know, when you think about people who have influenced your approach to presenting a destination yeah you know who really comes to mind as being a, a great influence for you i think um the first job that i have had within this field was with uh visit copenhagen so the uh, the copenhagen local uh tourism board and i think that was a really nice way of starting because i got to dive in really deep with just one destination um and i was around a lot of people, my team was, was a content team, and it was all people who were really, you know, always aware about what was happening in, in the city and what was opening of new places and who were the new cool people doing things. And I think now that I am in a market office, I am further away from the actual destination. I think that has been a really useful approach in that keeping that curiosity about the destination, even though I'm far away, not just relying on like the top 10 bucket list, but actually really trying to stay informed and stay curious about what's what's happening um, back home because it is, that's what I'm selling. Um, yeah, I think that's been a really useful approach. 
what's the best piece of advice you've gotten so far? I think it's hard to to choose a specific piece of advice, um, but I think that if if I was to like try to boil it down to something, it is that about staying staying curious and staying maintaining that passion. Even though because even though something can become work as it is now, you still want to have that feeling of passion when you look at at the place that you're, you're promoting. So it doesn't just become you know spreadsheets and. Uh, and and things to stay updating on on the website. I think that's been really nice. I I grew up in a very rural part of Denmark, um, and I want to keep that feeling that I had when I first moved to to Copenhagen. Um, I want to keep that feeling now when I'm trying to get other people to go to Copenhagen or to tell stories about that, and of course also use that feeling when talking about other parts of of the country. You mentioned something that I think a lot of travelers and a lot of people who work in travel have in common, and that's a, a lifelong learning, mm. you know, a desire for lifelong learning. Yeah, exactly. What's been the biggest lesson that you learned in the last year and a half or so? It's it's a lesson of resilience, I think, is, is maybe the best term. And we've seen that all over the place, not just in Denmark, but that the creativity of, of people will not be tied, you know, it will not be removed even by a global pandemic. Um, I think that's been one of my favorite parts to see that even though some, of course, some places have had to close down, that's been very sad. We have still seen so many new places open up and so many different creative takes on what they were doing before. We've seen quite a few of like our top fine dining restaurants, you know, Noma and people in, in that category doing something completely different and, and making their their food um, available to a larger group of people. We've seen uh, top chefs cooking for the homeless and hotels opening up their, their places for for the homeless so that they didn't have to stay in the street during all of this. And I think that's that's been really nice to see and really touching how the um, how the industry has, has adapted and is now trying to find its way back, but still maintaining some of that, um, those learnings from, from the last 18 months. Taking some of those lessons and, and projecting them forward, mm. how do you see travel being different in the next, you know, five to ten years yeah. than it was before? I think, well, there's, there's been a couple of different things that have been discussed a lot in the industry. One is that will, will people want to go back to big cities or will they want to maintain some form of social distancing? Has it been so ingrained in us that that is the case um and i think to a certain extent yes we have seen quite a few hotels one room hotels opening up which i think is a funny take on that so that you can you can have the travel experience but you can stay in a hotel that's just for you um but i do also think that people like the other side of of the the tendency is that revenge travel so people are ready to get back and to do all of the things that they couldn't do um and I think it's interesting to see what the balance will be between those two tendencies. Um, maybe it will be a mix of people will want to to go and spend um, a couple of days in big cities. In our case, that would be Copenhagen. But then they would maybe also want to go and spend a couple of days out in the woods in a in a shelter or, I don't know, a houseboat, something like that. Um, I think that would be nice. So people could, could take the best of both worlds from those, those tendencies. A quick reminder about the Tourism Academy offering online, on-demand, and live in-person training so that you can create stakeholder alignment, demonstrate the relevance of tourism to your community, 
empower local businesses, and improve the local tourism experience so you can have more positive social mentions, longer stays, and more repeat high-volume visitors. Build a culture of inclusion while saving time and money with online tourism ambassador training and certification by the Tourism Academy, tourismacademy.org. You know, as, as travel over the last uh, 10 or 20 years, right. um, particularly in the big cities, has grown, a lot of cities sh- had shifted their destination marketing strategies to include more of the outskirts mm, um, and more of the areas that were less visited than the city centers. Yeah. Do you think that that will continue? Yeah, I do. Because I also think that is sort of correlated to a general tendency in traveling is that people would want to have a more, you know, living like the locals experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I personally think that's a really nice tendency to, to shy away from just seeing like the, the five top places and then heading off. I think it's really nice when people want to go out to the areas where, in our case, the Danes live um, and, you know, seek out the, the good coffee shop or independent design store or, you know, go to the communal dining space. Um, and I think that will continue. Of course, there will be people going back to, to do the uh, the bucket list um, top sites trip. But I, I do think that we're continue seeing more openness towards other types of experiences, maybe also because people have been been there before and maybe they have already seen, you know, uh, the little moment statue and now they're ready to to go in and find the the cool outdoor theater or i don't know something like that when you travel what's the first thing you search for that may not be you know the typical tourist thing um it's the good coffee shop and the good cocktail spot um, <laughs> because i think those are both really nice options to talk to someone who is local um, so that's also the case. I, I live in East Village and when I moved here, that was also one of the, or two of the first things that I, I looked up because I really enjoy, you know, talking to the person behind the counter or behind the bar. And, and even though we're mostly talking about coffee or cocktails or whatever that might be, it's always, you know, connected to this the history of the neighbourhood or, you know, oh, we used to be down at that corner, but now we're here and this has happened and, you know. I think that's that's really nice. And it's a different way to get an insight into the destination than to do like a guided tour, which is also nice, but it's just um, it's a bit more casual. And I like that. If you had to give a piece of advice to yourself a few yeah. years younger than you are now, what, what would you say? <laughs> I saw a sign um, that is like a reminder to look back at when you wanted what you had now or you have now. Um, and I think that's that's a really nice approach to it because I am I feel extremely fortunate to have this job where I get to to tell cool stories about cool people and I get to live in an amazing city. Um, so I think that's that's really nice. And there's, in my head, there's no doubt that Katinka a few years ago would be psyched to have Katinka life <laughs> now. So that, that's really nice. What's something that you look forward to professionally? I, I look forward to travel feeling more normal again um i still every single day get so many requests about can i come in do i need to test what about proof of vaccinate what what should i do um and that is very understandable we all feel like that at the moment but i i must admit i do look forward to it one day being so that you travel because you want to and and then you can um where there's not this added layer of 
of intense stress around both, of course, all the bureaucratic things, but also about all the safety procedures. And is it safe? Can I go? What happens if they close down? What happens if there's a new, I don't know, Delta variant or something like that? Um, I don't think that time will come right now, unfortunately, but it will be really nice at some point. I wrap up every interview with two questions. Yeah. One, if folks want to learn more about visiting Denmark, how would you suggest they do that? Well, visitdenmark.com is, is the, uh, the best way to, to enter all of that. Um, we have an amazing team of, of content people uh, in Copenhagen who put together all of that and really stay on top of all the, all the new openings and, of course, also the travel restrictions. So um, that's a good place to start. Excellent. And then the second question comes from a deck of cards. Yes. So I'm going to ask you to pick a number, one to ten. Um, three. What are you afraid of? Uh, on a personal level? Yeah. <laughs> um, a failure. I mean, um, when you've been given some sort of responsibility, no matter if that's uh, to take care of the plants or to, to do your job, um, I think it would be really sad to let people down. So that's what I'm uh, striving not to do. <laughs> You're doing a good job with the plants if that is one of your responsibilities. Yes, yes. At the moment it is. And so far they're, they're living. <laughs> it's all good. We, we have told them to look, look alive for the interview. <laughs> I, I'll share a, a little story. I have several friends who consider themselves plant people. Yes. I cannot keep a houseplant alive to save my life. So all of my houseplants sit on a wire rack yeah. outside. So I look at them through the window at my house plants outdoors. Yeah, no, it's probably a good call. I mean, I, I feel like I should be able to take care of them, all that being brought up with a large kitchen garden and stuff, but it's still a, still an accomplishment if they all survive by the time I'm finished my plant duty. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate you joining me here in business class. I look forward to planning a visit sometime soon. Yeah. And for those who want to learn more, visit Denmark.com is a place to go. Yeah, Thank you definitely. for joining me. Thank you. Take a course, train your people, teach what you love, promote your products. Donate today at tourismacademy.org, a 501c3 nonprofit organization.